Jesus uh, at that first Last Supper, first Lord's Supper, right? It was Passover, which was one of their hugest, if you were Jews, uh, hugest celebrations ever. And they did it annually, and it's still celebrated annually. And it was at that meal that Jesus picked up food and wine, right? And he gave them symbols of this new covenant that was sealed in his blood, completed, where the new covenant says that not only am I your God, but now through my coming, you know, death, my body, my life given for you and my blood, I have enabled you to be my people. That should be the biggest celebration going on, right? Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, Heath, happy almost New Year for you, brother. I know, we just got a couple, what, 48 hours left for those listening right now? <laughs> Depending, I guess, when they uh, stream this. I know probably everybody just waits, waits, Standing waits. by their phone, waiting it's for the alert. midnight on, on Sunday <laughs> night, yeah. How was Christmas, brother? It was good, man. It's always fun seeing the, the family laugh and smile, and we had a family thing with a white elephant exchange, and that was fun and goofy. And Were the kids pretty much happy with what they got? Yeah, very happy. So we we have a philosophy. They only get four gifts. It's something you want, something you need, something to wear, and something to read. So oh, they get wow. a book, a piece, piece Say of Say it co- again. People are going to want that. Yeah, something you want, okay. so like a bike or something like that. Something you need. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, I need a bike helmet or a new Coat toothbrush. Or so, yeah, yeah, jacket. Toothbrush. Something to wear. And so piece of clothing or like a soccer jersey okay. and something to read, a book. Okay, so, so those gifts. might cross-pollinate, but that's wonderful. Yeah. I love that. And then Kathleen and I, have we don't do gifts, but we do experiences. So it's an overnight to Port Townsend or, you know, River Cruise or something like wonderful. that. Wonderful. So that's something spent right. together. How was yours? And it's been 48 hours, so the kids are playing with boxes now, right? Yeah, the toys are broke. <laughs> but I don't wanna... <laughs> toys are all broke. Um, <laughs> great. Great. Always yeah. good to be with Team K. You know, the grandkids are getting bigger, and so they, they actually understand, like, hey, that's for me. And yeah. then there's also, between the boys, though, a little bit more of, like, but I want that. And you're just a, you're a few weeks away from another another member of the season. couple or so, yeah. Yeah, it, just a couple, yeah. It's coming up, yeah. And uh, little baby girl, can't wait. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, yeah super different. fun. Super fun. And, uh, you know, like I said, they all, they want what each other has. And so it's all these opportunities to learn like, well, see, you, we share. Yeah. That's how a family is. We share. <laughs> That's how That's we awesome, roll. Man. No, it's super fun. Love it. And man, oh man, we way overeat all the time. <laughs> Cause I think I've shared before, we have to do all the traditional Christmas stuff. Sure. But then we have to polish it up. Yeah. And so you kind of have to eat twice. And that's why we have those pink melamine platters that we call the pink plates but yep. the platters actually the special event platters yeah yeah that are literally older than me crazy they're bulletproof though <laughs> that's if amazing if there's ever a zombie apocalypse i'm just gonna strap those on me and the kids <laughs> you and survive the oh yeah we're yeah, gold we're amazing. super <laughs> that is amazing. all right hey before we get into life school cafe and start answering a bunch of questions that came in from uh, you all yeah. the listeners um i just wanted to remind some folks a couple episodes back i was uh, talking about this pretty stoked coming up on may 24th through the 30th, there's this week-long retreat that some friends of ours who are connected to this ministry and all, um, and it's it's like there's this house called the Genesis Ranch in Tennessee, and it is amazing, like gorgeous. 
And um, there's only spots for five couples, but they wanted us to come because it's like, hey, we do all this amazing hiking and there's hiking guides and f- like fly fishing, like world class if you're into it with a guide and all this stuff. And Tina and I are going and there's only five other spots, but we're going to do the story of God while we're there. Oh, fine. So like spread out throughout the week yep. in between hikes or whatever. And you don't even have to hike or fish or whatever. If people are like, I'm not that into it. Like, just go and walk around and enjoy the beauty. And it comes with all the meals prepared for you in this gourmet kitchen and all this. Anyway, wow. so check it out. If you're interested, you go like, man, I'd love to hear the story of God. It'd be really cool to hang out with Caesar and Tina and got to go vacation somewhere. Um, and if you, you know, if you're a little light on the Christmas gift or whatever, this makes a good makeup gift. But anyway, yeah. the, the link to it is like super crazy long to their site. But uh, if you go to 123lifeschool.com forward slash retreat, um, and there's just a few spots left. So if yeah, if that still redirects to the page, then there's still spots. And if not, whatever. But um, yeah, it's in May, and I'd love to have you come join us. At least check it out, because uh, the pricing on this thing is unbelievable. It's like kind of the cost of a room, but then all the food and hiking and fishing and the story of God. And we're also going to do some uh, coaching with folks. Like yeah. each couple gets like a time with Tina and I for some coaching, life coaching, and missional stuff. And so anyway, yeah, so, there you go. Enough of that commercial. But yeah, just trying to get some friends to come out and hang out with me on vacation. <laughs> you know what's fun is I'm actually looking at the website while you're talking about it. And you're right. It's These pictures are crazy. Like, it is beautiful. Yeah, it is. Seriously is. I can't even wait. I've never been there yet, but... Uh, but my buddy Tim is yeah. uh, one of the leaders of that, and so I am stoked. Maybe I'll anyway. take Kathleen and just do a, a fun time. Out there. I, I t- it's I mean, you look at stuff and you go, "What's something cost to go anywhere?" Like you know, it's yeah. about that. But then like food and the hiking and the fishing and all Everything, of it. And, yeah. yeah, so beautiful. Um, okay, so life school cafe time. Hey, maybe this is like a new tradition. Our sort of new year's eve or almost episode right yeah because i think last year we did the same thing we answered a bunch of people a bunch of people's questions right from our loyal listening family yeah as it's often referred to and so i think today we want to do the same a couple like a week two weeks back we threw out on the uh, facebook group yeah some life school ask us your questions yeah like what do you want and we got a whole bunch and we're gonna not we probably won't get to everybody's but we're gonna do the best we can and it's pretty rapid fire so some of these things we're gonna turn into episodes so it's you and I are already yep. talking about it. Like, I'll give an answer today. It'll be a bigger answer <laughs> but coming up. We'll, yeah. yeah, some of them made for really good. So, um, And some of them are both uh, very serious, like discipleship or theological stuff. Uh, and some of them are just personal and kind of funny. And I think people are poking fun and want to know. So we're happy to answer those. Okay? We said anything, anything, anything goes. Anything goes. So let's okay. start with a question from Bambi, who okay. asks, So much of the missional living discussion is focused on and delivered by people who have kids. Mm -hmm. So what are some strategies for developing relationships and extended family on mission for couples without kids? Great question, Bambi, and good to hear from you again. Um, Yeah, I think we probably do talk a lot because we have kids and then I have grandkids and all, and most of the folks listening to us probably do, but great question. What are some of the strategies for developing relationships and extended family? You know, uh, Bambi, if you're following the show much or, and I know, I think I've seen you online. I know I have uh, doing some of the challenges with me on Facebook. The strategies are not actually all that different. Like I love like having kids, like when our kids were still at home, I felt like it was low hanging fruit, how many people they would bring home and friends. And we get to know some of their friends, parents, and that's still even happening, even though my kids are grown. 
But some of the same strategies kind of apply. In other words, living with an open home, being radically inclusive, so you're inviting your neighbors to anything you're up to, um, getting into predictable patterns. Yeah. So like, hey, we're going to start having an open table in our neighborhood, and it doesn't matter if people have kids or not, they can come on over, and we're going to do you know, a simple meal every Thursday night and just build relationship. And, uh, and eventually, hopefully, you know, take that further into discipleship. I want to remind you that discipleship is always happening, yeah. right? So if you're increasing your proximity and relational time with people, you're going to build relationships. And, and remember, discipleship's the process of moving from unbelief to belief with people about God and who he says they are and how they get, we get to live in light of Christ and all yeah. that. And so the strategies aren't all that different. Now, some of what you do in discipling your kids is really key if you have them, yep. but when you don't, the same rhythms need to apply. Like make sure that you, and uh, the way at least you've worded the question sounds like a couple without kids, um, make sure you and your spouse are living in such a way that people would want to imitate and yeah. they'd want to join in on. So That's if good. you're not having any kind of fun and meals together and friends over and, and it's like real open for a friends to bring friends, but you know, and I'm not saying this is true of you, Bambi, but you're sitting there and you're just kind of eat alone every night in front of the TV and, and then get to whatever hobbies you dig and all. Well, that's not worth joining because everybody has enough of that. Yeah. So start, start with things like having an open table, but like predictable pattern, not once. Like commit to doing it every Wednesday night or every Thursday night for like, we're going to do it for the next six months and we're going to invite the neighbors. We're going to drop flyers. Uh, we're going to, and we're going to be listening real well yep. so we can see like, what are their needs? And then we're going to try to meet people's needs and text them and treat them like family, not like guests. And so that's like, there's a strategy that applies to everybody, right? Treat people like family, not like guests. Look to serve people, yeah. you know, anything, little things. I'd say also pick a place like in your neighborhood that like, you can hang out on the same time of the week, with, so you'll run into the same staff and the same people. That's mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with kids, right? And uh, and go there like for like a quiz night or just I don't know, a, you know, like a night when there's like football on if you dig that or whatever. It doesn't even matter. I do stuff where I'm not that into it. Like I'll go to a same pub all the time because they're I know the same people will be there watching Monday night football. I'm not that into football, but yeah. I want to I want to get to know my neighbors, right? Yeah, and, I, it sounds like what you're saying is like the strategies don't change, but a lot of times the activities can. Yeah. Because there were some things before we had kids that was way easier. Like a predictable pattern for us was we watched the show Lost. Yeah. I mean, every week it was on at Wednesday, I think yep. at 8 o'clock. The whole neighborhood knew Wednesday, 8 o'clock, Collinsby's house. Boom. Kids are asleep. They bring over a bottle of wine, maybe a snack, and we all sit there and laugh. For us, it was Kids 24. aren't running in and out. I'm older than you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get in the loss. But okay. it was just great. Like, kids are not running in and out. They're asleep. It's a predictable pattern. Yeah. That's and, an easy... And when you don't have kids at home, uh, also rhythms like, I'm going to hit, like, a rock club all the time, or I'm going to go to yeah. every art every art thing in the city. Sure. Um, we're just going, because we don't have problems with bedtime, you know, and all this. So, yeah. anyway, I think, like you said, the strategies are exactly the same, but maybe the rhythms yeah, the activities, look a little different. Yeah. Good one. Good all one. Right. All right. Next one is Cassie or Casey. I think it's Casey. Casey says, how do you disciple negative people both outside and within the church? Whoa. A loaded question. What's your thoughts on that, brother? <laughs> um, yeah. So the discipleship from outside of the church, I mean, my family typically comes from a lot of negative people. I know working in the <laughs> church for a long time, I've dealt with a lot of negative people. And I, I think for me, it is, it is recognizing that certain areas that lead to their negativity are caused by unbelief in other areas. So, yep. 
that's just resulting in negativity because there's something that they don't believe to be or true. Fear. Yeah. Often Could our negative fear. stuff is fear. I can't control it. It's different than me. Yeah. It's not the way I was raised. It's not the way my old church did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I found was was with relationships that had long term, like people in our church that we were going to be with for years, I would apply that the invitation challenge principle and really have almost a, a, a hidden agenda discipleship pathway for them of going. I'm not going to call them out here because this is an area of unbelief, but over time, I'm going to invite them into seeing what's true about the gospel and then actually mentoring, discipling them from unbelief to belief in that area. Love that, man. And I got to say this too, is like, because I'm not exactly sure, Casey, what's behind that question, like negative people, but I'm, I'm kind of, here's what I picture is like, I've got these people coming around. Some of them are from church, some are neighbors, and some of them are just freaking negative, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we talk about this a lot that you want to disciple people of peace, meaning people who are leaning into this lifestyle yeah. and they want to learn about Jesus and get negative, negative people are generally not people of peace. So give your best time discipling people who are leaning in. They're not negative. And sometimes you got to let the negatives go. Remember Jesus, you can listen to any of our teaching on finding your people of peace out there. And absolutely Heath, I yep. completely agree with you. Invitation and challenge. Sometimes if a person seems like they're kind of nice, but they're just kind of negative about everything, could be fear. So drop a lot of invitation in their life, time with you, maybe more one-on-one time away from like the crowd or the group setting mm-hmm. or whatever, so that you can bring some challenge. You know, you come off kind of negative on some of these things. And I think maybe like listening and learning, and maybe this book would help, and I don't yeah. know. So we did an episode on that, hey? Yeah, the two episodes I throw out would be episode 222 is where to find your unique people of peace. So yeah. that's a good ramp up. Okay. And then also if you're looking for the uh, invitation and challenge and what that looks like, moving um, people from unbelief to belief. Uh, that is episode 237. Excellent. So, there you yeah, go. Some ways for you to jump in right away. Alrighty, next one. All right, next question. From Michael and Kelly. Michael and Kelly say, this question has absolutely nothing to do with missional living, gospeling each other's hearts, or etc. But the <laughs> other day I was Googling Caesar and I came across a sweet MySpace picture of Caesar sporting an awesome 70s, 80s hairdo, hmm. rock and roll tattoo, and Les Paul. Wondering if Caesar still plays a guitar has a favorite guitar, and what his favorite 70s or 80s band is. Ooh. Okay, wow. There's a lot there. There's a lot. Okay, so first off, when does MySpace quit just like existing out there? <laughs> but <laughs> that, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I played in a rock band from the time I was about 16 through, uh, I don't know, forever, right? But and I don't currently. Um, and that picture you're talking about, uh, you know, I was a rock star, man, right? Yeah. And uh, Tina actually took that photo, our band shoot back then. It's all we could afford. What was the band name? The band was called Jack's Meats. Awesome. Jack's Meats. We actually rehearsed right around the corner from a butcher shop, and it was a guy named Jack owned it, and it just said Jack's Meats. And we're like, that's the best band. <laughs> and so, yes, I still have the rock and roll tattoo. Those are permanent, right? Yeah. Um, I sold the Les Paul when I moved out to uh, Tacoma to okay. start church planting. It kind of paid for the moving truck. Sure. A I bunch just of sold mine, game. too, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't play the guitar much. You don't ever stop. I could pick up a right now and play it, but it'd yeah. be like rusty, McRuster, you know, like, sure. horrible. Um, my favorite guitar uh, I still own is a 1976 Mahogany Gibson Flying V. Oh, wow. It's body cool. through the neck, solid, go- gorgeous, yeah. and probably worth a bunch. Sure. But I, I promised Tina I would, I would, I'll never sell it. Hey, hang on to um, And last part of that question, wonderful. Uh, favorite 70s, 80s band. There is no favorite because like a good friend of mine, Mike Kaufman, told me years ago when we had a record company, he says, you know, the more you love music, the more music you love. And so there's wow. too many. But well, you know what? First thing that came to mind when I read that? What's that? The Cars. 
Really? Yeah. Car. Okay. I, here's. I'll give you three right away that just go bing, 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 and they they can fight it out in the rock and roll heavenly realms. The Cars, Led Zeppelin, and Aerosmith. I just those are my desert island wow. disc bands. And you said you saw Aerosmith recently, and he still got it. Well, I've seen him many times. We saw him at their in Vegas last year. Yeah. Earlier, no, earlier this year at their uh, what do they call that residency? Yeah, the residency. And there. so they get to like play the same gig, you know, every uh, night without yeah. having to move the set. So it was phenomenal and video screens, and, sure. and they still sound uh, killer. I didn't see Led Zeppelin. Uh, had tickets yeah. when John Bonham, the drummer, died. Yep. That bu- that that bu- was sucks, a bummer. Yeah. And I never did see the Cars live. And now Rick Ocasek yeah. just passed. Bummer. First band I ever saw live was Jefferson Starship. And there's video of me at three I've years old. I've seen them. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Uh, I also saw the Scorpions, which was an amazing. I've seen concert. them many times. And the uh, I think my favorite '80s band that I've always wanted to see, and I bought tickets. Please, I hope I've seen them. I bought tickets two years ago, and they canceled and have stopped touring since. Is Huey Lewis in the news? I didn't see it. I thought that would just be a fun. My show. My brother-in-law Dave saw them, said they were killer. They saw oh. them at Milwaukee Fest. Okay. Yeah, bummer. All right, next question. Now let's get spiritual one more time. All right. right. Rants asks about. The Lord's Supper has a couple really great questions here. Okay. Uh, First one is, should the Lord's Supper be a somber, serious, individualistic thing, or uh, what other expressions of this could be more life-giving and celebratory and even communal? Wow. I love this. And in fact, Rance, uh, thank you for this question. I put it on the list of full-up episodes, full-on episodes that are going to come up because it's too too good. But I am going to, because we're just trying to get through a lot, I'm going to give you a quick question on that first part, okay? Um, It does not have to be somber. In fact, think about it. Jesus... Uh, at that first Last Supper, first Lord's Supper, right? It was Passover, which was one of their hugest, if you were Jews, uh, hugest celebrations ever. And they did it annually, and it's still celebrated annually. And it was at that meal that Jesus picked up food and wine, right? And he gave them symbols of this new covenant that was sealed in his blood, completed, where the new covenant says that not only am I your God, but now through my coming you know death my body my life giving for you and my blood i've enabled you to be my people that should be the biggest celebra- celebration yeah, going on right and so this whole idea of doing it only once a quarter you know or a couple times a year and we do the little plastic cups you know with a little yeah. dribble of grape juice and a little the body wedge of, of christ shed for you oh my gosh yeah. should we just read the same little bit of scripture <laughs> yeah. no it totally can be celebratory and communal um throughout the years when i was still leading at soma we celebrated communion every single time we got together, like, you know, for like a weekend gathering yeah. and very often in missional community life at meals too, because that's what they did in the early church. That It was always when the church gathered, it was primarily around, they called it the agape feast, which was sure. a, like a rich, fun meal with Christ at the center. And they would remember his life, death and resurrection because he had said that, hey, as often as you do this, what? Get together and eat. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be these little weird, you know, wafery things. It was like, whenever you get together as my body is my family remember this and do this in remembrance of me right yeah. and so what we would do is we would have people come up we did it all kinds of ways that's the other thing is by the way don't just pick the way that your tradition has always been and like yeah right like oh my gosh <laughs> make it so diverse. every it flowed right out of the message whatever word we were teaching it flowed right out of it which gives you a different sort of way of looking at and experiencing every time and we always invited people to come up as a missional community as couples with your kids as a family as a group of friends and say this is Christ's body given for you and hand hand that person the bread and and this is his blood shed for you a new covenant so we're, we're family now we we are a family of missionary servants mm-hmm. and we would share that and it is 
it can be very, very celebratory. And I think it actually should be. I, yeah. It shouldn't be the sad, sad thing that Jesus has now given us new eternal life and his Holy Spirit to dwell in us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's right. more of a foretelling of the future than a, than a backward-looking lens at the, the Last Supper. You yeah, because like, he was saying, as often as you do this together, yeah, future-looking. Yeah, so remember me, but remember what it's provided. It's the new covenant. Woo! Yeah. yeah. All right, his second question is a bit more controversial, but he was saying in his old church, uh, they had a lesbian couple that attended and participated in taking communion with the rest of the church. Mm-hmm. But then the, the church leadership said that they were welcome to attend, but not allowed to take communion, which is a step back, sounds like. So his question is, which sins disqualify someone from taking communion, and how is this reconciled biblically? Is it only homosexuals that are not able to take it, or is it anyone practicing sin? Yeah, wow. Okay, so the real underlying question there, the thing behind the thing in your second part of that question, Rance, is like, are we called to uh, fence the table, as it were? That's a term out there if you've ever heard it, but like they call fencing the table mean like, who gets to take communion? We got to be very careful. Some of that's a residual coming out of the Catholic Church Mm -hmm. where there was like only people who were like members of a local body and they were recognized and they were kind of up on their tie. They'd been given their money and they weren't behind on their payments and all that. And they were known by the 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 local priest were allowed to take it. And so we kind of, even in evangelicalism, we kind of picked up this sort of residual, like, Oh, we've got to be very careful. And you got to, you know, it has to be a Christian. And sure. you're like, really? Who says so? Who did Jesus take communion with? Like the, the last supper, who's sitting around the table? Christians? Everybody crazy. Yeah, no. No, there weren't any Christians yet. And you yeah. say, well, yeah, but those were his disciples. They had been with him for three years at that point. Yeah, but it says in Matthew 28 that at Jesus' ascension, so after his resurrection, yep. at his ascension, it says some of the disciples still didn't believe. Yeah. So they clearly, Jesus wasn't doing the first, <laughs> you know, the first Last Supper, like the, the, the Lord's Supper. He wasn't doing that with a bunch of Christians, okay? Mm-hmm. So when we say, oh, only Christians, well... I think it's anybody who's wanting to be with Christ and leaning into Christ is what you see there. And as often as you get together, he says, do this, right? Yeah. But but then also just like move a few verses or chapters ahead and says in Acts, like people were adding to their numbers daily who was hanging out and wanting to understand it. And they were teaching in the synagogues as well. That's what Jewish people... We didn't have this understanding of Christians. And by the way, that was a derogatory term, right? Sure. That like we have to exclude this. And so how we've always managed it... By the way, too... Uh, Jesus never ranked sin. He never said, uh, your sin's a little worse, you get in the back of the line. Uh, you seem to be a little less sinny, or at least you sin in ways that I do, so it doesn't bug me as much. So I'll put you at the front of the line or ahead <laughs> right. of the table. In fact, he he warned against that, didn't he? He yeah. said, don't do that to people. Don't do that. That's not how the kingdom of God is. The least, he says, get seated right up front and invited into the banquet, right? Yep. And so let's not rank sin or anything like that, and we don't know people's hearts. If people are leaning in and they want that, and that's how we would say it in community, we'd say, Hey, this might be brand new to you, but if if this is something that, you know, you're like leaning in, trying to understand Jesus, you want to learn how to walk with him, you want him to be Lord in your life, then that's what this is about. This is a celebration of you have nothing left to do except receive his gift. He has already done it. It's finished. It's yours. Yep. Now, doesn't that just sound much so open? And then when you look at who... Like who he did it with and who he excluded, nobody, you know, yeah. and who he did it with, sinners that weren't Christians yet, you know, because, yeah, when who knows when that crossed the line, right? Sure. So, yeah, it, back to your original question, Rance, have a blast with it. Do it different every week. 
like just make it a celebration. Try it. Let people serve each other. Like, oh, they might spill something on the carpet. Whatever, yeah. you know. Like, or on our new seats. Oh, I don't. Then get old seats. I, you know, I don't. <laughs> all that stuff. It's so crazy. So, anyway, yeah, good answer, man. Yeah, Caesar. One other thing too. If, if people want to go to my website, heathhollandsby.com, uh, in the blog I wrote actually about this communion topic. Um, and so the title's Leaky Sippy Cups at the Communion Table. <laughs> it's actually it. in the front page still. So if yeah, you want to go people read find it, heathhollandsby.com. Check yeah, that out. A little blog. longer discussion on that. So Twyla, who you might remember from a few weeks ago, wrote in, what, by the way, great guest. Like, oh man, yeah, if you didn't hear that two weeks yeah. back, go and listen to her talk about neighborhood missional living for the imperfectly ready. Yeah, oh. two, episode 247. Oh, so good. She said, favorite music. And I'm assuming Christmas music? Economy maybe? of words? I oh. don't know. I Christmas music, all of it? I don't know. I like swing orchestra stuff. I like the, you know. We saw Brian Setzer together a couple years ago. And that yeah, was we rocking. had tickets again this year, bro. He canceled. He canceled. Yeah, we I saw him. that. We had him. Yeah. Tinnitus. Oh, tinnitus. You know, like where your ears ring? Oh, it's yeah. severe. Yeah, it is. I guess it's hard when to When you sing. rock that hard for yeah. so long, you're going to have hearing So, problems. no, I'm assuming it wasn't a Christmas, favorite Christmas music. I mean, you can land them on people if you want. I don't, nothing yeah, specific don't know. comes to mind. I really like sets or stuff. And I, yeah. And I like, yeah, I dig into that. And then, oh, Harry Connick, best. Okay. So oh, okay. We always say in our family, in Team K, it's not Christmas till Harry sings. Interesting. So we set up the tree to Harry and we listen all like now and then we listen that morning too. So Okay. So I would mine would be uh, Christmas. There's a new album produced by my buddy Michael Gunger, but by an artist called Nicole Nordeman who has an album Fragile that mm. is maybe the best Christmas album I've ever heard. I didn't hear it. So next year queue up. Okay. Yeah, up. All right. So the general music though. What are, what's some of your favorite music? Uh so right now I'm listening to an artist named NF who's like a rap, hip hop, singing kind of guy. Uh, you know, I'm not big on that, but yeah, I do. No. I'm a huge fan of Chance. Chance, oh, yeah, the Chance rapper. rapper, yeah. Really, really talented. And I love a group called Dirty Loops out of the, uh, I think they're out of Sweden, but they're wow. unbelievable musicians. And so Dirty Loops is kind of on my jam right now. I My Spotify auto, auto playlist, you know, it kind of picks up on what you're yeah. listening to. It, and so it's like, it, mine is so freaky because like, you know, like I said, the more you love music, the more yeah. music you love. So like it came up uh, today, actually, it came up and it played uh, Chris Isaac, which I love, but oh, not yeah. like one of his most popular ones, but I love all his stuff. Just saw him live recently. And right after it, piece of classical music, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. um, lots of old crooner stuff. I like really, really old timey country, like especially the female artists. Okay. Well, give me some Patsy Cline. You know what I mean? Oh, that and, old. Like going way back. Yeah, not whoa, like, way, way. Not yeah. like Reba or Winona. No, no, no. Way back. Okay. Like, yeah. And, and Dolly? He, um, not so much that era. Okay. Like, I mean, I'm not, I got nothing against Dolly. Uh, Patsy she's Cline, great. wow. But I go back. I go way back. I love, I love, uh, I love 50s weird stuff too. Mm-hmm. I like hard music a lot. So I like stuff like Muse and all. I'm an old buck. So, you know, you, yeah. you tend to listen to a lot of what you used to listen to. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm always searching out like new stuff to listen to as much as I can. Love the Black Keys. Oh okay. my goodness! Do you have a favorite band of all time or no? Well, like I was saying, it's very, very hard to uh, pick one. So for me, it, it'd be all of all times. It'd be it, like I said, it was it's it's Aerosmith and Zeppelin and the Cars. But man, oh man, I listen to a ton of Setzer. I listen to a ton of Chris Isaac. I just do. Yeah. Um, I'll say my favorite song of all time is You Get What You Give by the New Radicals. Oh. And my favorite band of all time is a S- Iceland band called Sigurus, S-I-G-U-R, 
ROS. So wow. if you haven't listened. Love me some Elvis Costello. Just Oh, thinking, yeah. Just, that guy, what a writer. Oh, my goodness. And, I, and it's weird I didn't listen to him like like young growing up because sure. I was into much more guitar-heavy stuff. And I probably lean that way still. But, oh, man, I loved it. Awesome. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, Twyla, there's some Thanks stuff. Thanks for the question. All right. All right. Elizabeth asks, is baptism a necessary part of our salvation? Wow. Great question, Elizabeth. That's really a theological question. And um, some people differ on their understanding of that. But I would say that uh, by and large, by and large, uh, Christianity, and certainly evangelicalism, would say that baptism is not salvific. That's the technical term. Mm. Meaning. It does not procure or secure your salvation. Uh, baptism is an external expression within community of your new identity in Christ, that you are now a disciple of Jesus. You're following him. You recognize him as Lord and Savior. But it really is a discipleship issue. And so in Matthew 28, the verse most often quoted, where Jesus says, go and make disciples now of mine. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded and taught you. And then he says, and baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. Those are all mm. identity statements. And so baptism, nowhere in Scripture... Can I find, and I would say that general Christianity would agree with me on this, is it have anything to do with you being saved? It's a proclamation of your discipleship and the lordship Jesus has over you. I want to follow after him and be like him yeah. and live his life in light of my new secured, soaked in, baptized identity, being you know part of the family of God and missionary servants. Our identity flows right out of that Trinity. Who we are, created in the image of God, flows out of that. Baptism is like almost like a re, like a like a remembering and a proclaiming. We're restarting things. Sure. You know, created in the in the image of a triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. So it's good, man. I was thinking as Caesar was talking here about an episode we did not long ago on how baptism shapes our identity and culture with uh, Pastor Eric Peterson. So if you go back, that's episode 231, if you want to deep dive a little bit more. Yeah, and it's it's really a li- well that's a little different topic part there, but that'll still give you some more information. Cool. Let's go to the next one. All right, next question comes from Troy Miller. It's going to make you laugh. What are some of your, Caesar and Heath, favorite rhythms, i.e. sausage eggs? Come on. Uh, come on. Salami eggs. It's I salami think. eggs, Troy. I think that's what you mean. <laughs> and the fact that you said that, you're either jacking with me or you haven't made it yet, which tisk tisk. Yeah. <laughs> a lump of coal for you this season. What are your favorite rhythms like that? Uh, you mean other food stuff? And then you go, what are some of your favorite podcasts, podcasts and YouTube you- channels and authors and all that? Wow. Okay. So other food. God, I'm not going to get into food stuffs. Like there's just too many Polish stuff, man. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Uh, we do cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning. That's one of our traditions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know favorite rhythms. Uh, for us being Polish, we we have to have uh, smoked sausage for breakfast on both Christmas and Easter morning. That's just oh. how we roll. Okay. I remember one year Tina was like, just didn't have it out of the blue after 20 years. I'm like, what? She's like, hold on. She ran out and found some, you know, <laughs> wasn't the best, but we had it, you know, sure. like, don't want Jesus to have to leap off the throne because we missed our Polish sausage. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, what else? What are some of your favorite podcasts? What do you listen to, Heath? Yeah. So um, right now, so when it comes to podcasts, authors, we talked about music a few minutes ago. I just ago. listen to Life School over and over. Yeah, That's just what I repeat. recommend, by I the way. I sleep to it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I listen to um, a podcast called The New Mystics with John Crowder, who's been rocking my world a little bit lately. Uh, my favorite authors right now are, are Brian Zond, um, mm. 
I've always loved Rob Bell because I don't always agree with him, but he challenges me on a lot of stuff. And, I'm with uh, you there too. I know a lot of people lose their mind right now. It's like, listen, uh, he's our chill. brother. He's actually, I know him. Uh, yeah. I don't agree with everything, but yeah, yeah. boy, he does challenge me too on some stuff. Yeah, so causes me for the to better. think. So deeper. his podcast is one I listen to quite a bit. The Robcast, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's uh? Do you have any podcasts? Because I know you were on Jones and on a couple for a while, right? Well, I I tend to only listen to podcasts in the car generally. Okay. Um. But not always. But um, I listen to like Crime Junkie. Hmm. <laughs> and I, Tina and I usually like since we're driving, it's like, hey, let's listen to something that's kind of story based and we yeah. can kind of like just lose time. Yeah. So that's kind of that. Um, I do listen to a few business styled podcasts. Okay. Um, Russell Brunson's some of his stuff. And um, uh, what's the other one called? Uh, John Lee Dumas, his uh, EO Fire kind of like that a little bit hmm. so i kind of peck and choose around some of that stuff um and uh let's see as far as books and authors oh man i am a reader uh and so let's see um i just recently reread andy andrews uh book on uh the traveler story i think that's what it's called hmm. um let me see i'm just gonna real quick pull that up because uh it's it's a classic uh the traveler's gift i'm sorry okay. yeah so that's a pretty crazy book. I've read it before, and I just recently read it again. Um, I'm I'm just I just got uh, the next right thing by Emily mm-hmm. Freeman. In fact, Twyla suggested that one, and so boom, I got that right away. Um, I I'll read a lot of fiction on vacations. So okay. just have vacation, and I just generally try not to read theology and missional stuff and all that. Hmm. Um, so yeah, kind of work working through uh, an equal justice and some other stuff. Um, super fans by Pat Flynn. There's a business book. I like Pat Flynn a lot. His podcasts are solid. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm looking up the last two books that I ordered on Amazon. One of them is Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist: Unlocking the Secrets of the Last Supper. Was it good? Uh, yeah, so far. I'm only halfway through okay. it. And then I'm also, uh, right now, reading, it's a, about a thousand pages long, but it's a New Testament and its world, an introduction to the th- history, literature, and theology of the first Christians by N.T. Wright. All right, sounds smart, Heath. Go for it. <laughs> I'm a total nerd. The new t- I, I got the new uh, Tim Keller book, Encounters with Jesus. Oh, wow. And uh, anything Tim Keller, uh, I've read not every one of his books, uh, mostly. Yeah, yeah mostly. Solid, dude. Right? Lots of meat. Um, you talked about John Crowder, right? Yeah, John. Yeah, I read his book, Cosmos Reborn, mind-blowing. Yep. Some people right away, they're going to freak on that. They're going to put him in a weird camp, and he's kind of a weird cat, but boy, does he make me think. You and I text yeah. each other and like burn up the phone reading yeah, that stuff. Yeah, stuff is wild. So those um, are some of the guys. Yeah, on. so there you go. I mean, golly, I'm, I'm scrolling through my stuff. Literally, it's a zillion pages of books that I've bought and downloaded and read. So <laughs> anyway, there you go. I uh, hope awesome. that helps you out. Okay, so we did have one other sort of, well, two other questions that kind of... Uh, we're kind of the same. We're not going to have time to get to them, but we're going to mention them because we're going to give you some resources to get them answered because they're too long. Yeah. Um, so Tyler said, are there any examples of tra- traditional churches, quote unquote, um, making the transition to more missional approach? Absolutely, they are out there. Um, anything put out by Austin Stone in Austin, they are sort of a both-and church. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's 100% missional, but it's also not 100% attractional, but they have worked really, really hard. That's where the Verge Network came out of there. Okay. Um, and there definitely are. And and um, and then uh, Rob Ford also said, you know, I want to throw out what are the first steps for a church that's excited about becoming increasingly missional, what should they take? Um, I'll tell you, the, the, if I had to give a short answer, the overall answer is unless the leaders, and I'm talking about the senior pastor, the elders, deacons, unless the leaders 
are really digging in and living this lifestyle. And I'm not talking about they're in a small group or they started something that they named a missional community, but they're really starting to make disciples as a lifestyle. The churches have never made it. I've never mm. seen one yet. Interesting. Right? And uh, so that's a big part of it. That's like, so what are the, some of the first steps? If you're a leader in a church, start getting in a missional community. If you're like, well, I don't even know how to start. Well, listen, that's why we do coaching. And mm-hmm. I talk about it from time to time. You can go to my website, CesarKalinowski.com, and you can dig around and find my coaching stuff. But we coach people and couples and pastors and whole churches to make those transitions. So you, but you have to do it as leaders. Um, there's also some uh, episodes. This is where we kind of wanted to. Yeah, the a couple episodes we direct you to right away is uh, episode 240. Is your church successful? New benchmarks for ministry, and then also episode 217, which is why is discipleship so rare in our churches? So those two yeah. will get you. Going. When you listen to that, is your church successful? And the, and the benchmarks we give. Um, you want to like, how do we transition or which churches are successful at making this transition? The ones that have changed what they measure. Mm. Okay. Cause you start to lead towards what you measure. Right. Yeah. And then why is discipleship so rare in our churches? Like you said, uh, that episode 217, that is really about because leaders won't live it. Yep. They want to talk about it and send people to do something they've never been discipled or made a disciple, but they feel like preaching is enough, or that's what their role is in it. And preaching's not discipleship. It's yeah. great. It's an it's one of God's graces. Love it. I'm a preacher. But it's not necessarily discipleship. Certainly it's not all of it. So there's a couple of that's a short answer and a couple of resources to kind of fill you up. And sometimes you might take a risk as a pastor and lose your job. And you know what? God is a good provider and he will he, <laughs> well, he will fund I the know way. Some that... people that have made been leading this transition and have successfully closed their churches yeah. because people would not go there. All right. So. so so this week, well, this is where we usually get to the big three. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Also, I know some people also threw some questions in a little bit late or we didn't get to all of them, but they're on our radar for making some actual full episodes out of it. So awesome. if we missed you, if we didn't I get to I want to thank you, everybody who yeah. we did get to and just as much thank you if we didn't. Yeah. Okay. So now we want to ask for a Christmas gift from our listeners now, right? If it's not too late. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's, it's, you, you missed it. I didn't get anything in the mail from most of you. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd love to have you, um, if nothing else, just subscribe to the Life School podcast for us. It's on all the major platforms from Pandora to Spotify to iTunes to Stitcher. Stitcher. I mean, it's everywhere. Google Play. It's if, everywhere. If you haven't yet subscribed and, and written us a review and given us some stars, that really does help us. As we try to keep this show free and and out every single Monday, it is a lot of work for us. Yeah. And the one thing we just ask is, if nothing else, just give us a review so we can help promote this to people that haven't yet heard it. So you've probably heard us ask that before, but we're saying like, really, if you enjoy the podcast and if you're still listening here today, you do, (laughs) would you please just do that? Take, take a second, whatever you're listening on, there's a way to subscribe and, and to review it, rate it. And that really does help other people find it and it puts it in lists and it gets featured and that just helps it grow. Right. So, all All right, right. let's jump to the big three, but we're going to do it a little bit different than usual. So the big three are the takeaways that if nothing else, we want you to walk away with from the show. And we usually give them as like a downloadable PDF that people can get for free. But this week, we're going to just... There's not one topic, so there's yeah. not three. So I, I thought, what would be the three things I'd want to leave you from 2019? So I, this isn't like, like he said, this isn't even going to be a download. But real quick, I, you know, and we try to sort of structure these as head, heart, hands, right? You know, that's how yeah. we do them. So um, here, here's what I, I would want to leave you with. Jesus lived the best possible life of any human being so far. Okay. Mm. And he believed his true identity, and he lived in light of our Father's love. With everyone in every situation, that's how he lived. And he lived free and completely for his Father's glory. 
And it's also the same life that Jesus came to give you and me. And, I, and we want that for you. Okay, yeah. I want you to believe that. It's for freedom that Christ came to set us free. And so go hard after Jesus in the new year, would you? Follow yeah. his life. Um, live discipleship, meaning following after him and helping people follow after him as a lifestyle. Okay, next in the heart category, I just want to remind you how much God loves you. Mm. <laughs> loves you, Heath. Yeah. He, he loves our families. He loves everyone listening here. You never have to do another thing to earn his love and his full affection. Okay, so regardless of how missionally you're living or how hardcore you're going after discipleship or all of your best laid plans that have fallen away or you got started and failed or whatever, he loves you exactly the same. Mm. But I want to challenge you because you, because we're free in Christ and we have this great love. You know, going into the new year, pick one small change that you and your family or your missional community or small group will make in 2020. Yeah, one good. new missional rhythm or a person or a couple or family that you're going to pursue. Uh, maybe it's getting serious about moving beyond a weekly meeting, you know, mm-hmm. like a Sunday to Sunday thing or your small group is just kind of like a, a boring thing. Like, right. Maybe 2020 will be the year that you'll join uh, myself and Tina for some coaching to help you really break through hmm. um, and, and move forward. So what's your one thing? Like you get to pick it, ask the spirit to guide you in that, but make 2020 a year where you go, okay, Lord lead us in this and we're going to trust you and we're going to get after that. Yeah. It's so good. All right. What's next Lord? Okay. All right. All right, thank you for those, Caesar. Um, you want to also just remind us one last time about Tennessee? Hey, yeah, if you want to join me at that retreat, and Tina and some other like, really cool people, go through the story of God, see the beauty, check it out, go check out the link. There's only spots for five couples total, so it's going to go fast. But 123lifeschool.com forward slash retreat, hmm. okay? And that'll take you there. So thanks, Pete, for that. Awesome. Hey, next week is going to be the first episode of 2020. Yeah. As we talk about blessed to be a blessing, your family on mission. We want to set you real, up really nicely for the new year. Yeah. Right. It's going to be a fun episode as we look at how God has blessed us in so many ways and how we get to let that flow through our life and our family's lives to others. Yeah. Beautiful. It's going to be a blast. Awesome. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Hope you had a wonderful The longest episode ever. It is a long one. Okay, but I hope you enjoyed it. And <laughs> happy, happy new year. New year. Right. We'll see you next year. For more information on the show, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast. Thank you.